never know what to do when it's over. When you hand in that final assignment, when you take a moment and breathe and think, it's over, I'm done. I'd finished my final class ever. I just had to wait for that one grade and then I would no longer be a student. But I wasn't quite ready to admit that yet. So I pretended to myself for a few weeks until I received that final grade, I was still a university student, just with a pending or to be confirmed small asterisks at the top, you know, that to be announced status. It was in early May that I decided to go visit my friend in Ireland rather than go to my summer ball. My university was close to Birmingham International Airport, so it made sense and flights were cheap. I didn't want to go to the summer ball as I'd been before, as I did it in my second year and I spent way too much money that most students probably should not have done. So the money I probably saved more so, but would have spent. I decided to go to Ireland, a country I've never been to. I have a friend there who I'd see and it's, you know, harder to meet up and it worked out cheaper. So needless to say, I flew and I met with Kate. One of the kind of key moments that froze time for me was when I went to the Guinness factory. And it's an amazing factory, you know, I'm not much of a drinker, but I understand why there's so much fame around this drink. And while I was in the gift shop looking for a present, I received a message from my friend. And the message said, Nico, the grades are released. I went and checked via my phone using the Guinness factory Wi-Fi. I had officially achieved my first class degree. In the middle of a gift shop, I was officially finished with formal education. I had no desire to complete a master's. I had no desire to continue. It's an option for me to go back and it will always remain an option, but it wasn't for the now. But rather than spending five minutes thinking about what I've accomplished or being proud of what I've achieved, it was bizarre. I was unable to celebrate. I had accomplished a feat. I had done something really incredible. Lots of people strive for this. A first class degree in the field I adored. That's amazing, right? But no, I didn't think that at all at first. My immediate thought in that gift shop while looking at a Guinness glass was, I am unemployed now. That was it. That was my first thought. Not well done, not to celebrate. It was immediately running to the next, the next logical stage. And I thought, I'm not there. I'm not doing good. I look back at myself so angry that I didn't even give myself five minutes, not five minutes to actually say, well done, or to be proud of myself or to look at myself and think, you know what? You've accomplished something. You've, you've done so well. This is everything you wanted, everything you worked for take five minutes to celebrate it. And you did all the internships, the all-nighters, the training, the focus, you asked for help, you stayed up with friends editing and writing essays, you were together as a team, only to start freaking out again. I could not sit in the moment and enjoy it. While I was in Ireland physically, mentally, my holiday was cut short. I was with one of my best friends. I had a lovely time. It was wonderful to see Kate. But I finished my trip. I flew back, I went back to my student house in Coventry, returned to the shared house with two of my best friends, and immediately the next day, as we were all slowly finishing up our assignments and everything was being done, 
I took my laptop, went to the library and began applying for jobs. As if it was the most natural thing to do, as if it were breathing. I didn't care what I was applying to at this point. I didn't care. I just needed to wash off the term unemployed. Not graduate. No. I never looked at myself as a graduate or a, you know, someone who's done something amazing. I was unemployed. There was no telling myself. I humiliated myself before I even gave anyone the chance to. Painful thing was nobody was putting that pressure on me. I was, you know, to use my own terms, unemployed for less than 24 hours. No one was pressuring me. If any, if anything, everyone was celebrating for me. Rather than doing something sensible like seeking professional help or, you know, listening to the advice of my dear friends of you did something amazing, why aren't you celebrating that? I was already trapped in a new cell. I I was, I just didn't, I just couldn't put, put it together. My logic was immediately to jump back into work. I kept telling myself the lie that I'm fine. I had a holiday. I had a break from work. You know, I spent a few days in Dublin. That was my holiday fine. From about 9.30 to 4, while I was still in university, technically, like, we were still living on campus for a little while, I was applying to jobs for about a week, just terrified of the term I'd already bestowed upon myself, which was unemployed. And I just kept applying, filling out tests, treating it like it was work in and of itself. I just kept applying. I just kept pushing. I didn't know what else to do. That was it. I had to just keep I you know I had to just keep applying. I never got a chance to give myself a proper break as one would call it. I just didn't care. I had to just not be unemployed. I was scared. And eventually an opportunity arised and it was with a company whose name at this point I can't mention. I will be saving that for series three, but you know, my week-long dream had come true. I had an interview and immediately I prepped and I studied for it and long story short as I get into it, I got that job and it was fine. It was sorted. It was done. I was almost saved by my own self. Meanwhile, my other friends, rightly so, were out having fun, relaxing, being 20-something-year-olds who had just finished university, and rightly so, having a bit of downtime. But not me, no. I ran straight into work. I had to. I didn't, well, I didn't have to. I just thought that was the most logical thing to do. I didn't give myself a choice to think, hmm, Maybe I should do something else. I just couldn't view myself as unemployed. I'd worked so hard. I'd pushed so hard. And it hurt to get a title I just wasn't happy with. I didn't, or to even give myself a title I wasn't happy with. I didn't view myself as a graduate. I just viewed myself as now unemployed. And I'm annoyed at myself for thinking in that way. And to sit here and to say I've cured myself of that thinking would be lying to you because I have moments to this day where I don't view myself as promoted. It's more more of view it as a good thing in some ways. I don't view typical celebrations as celebration, which is something I have been working on. The moment I received that job, again, we'll talk about that in series three, I immediately started conforming to a checklist. Right, I finished university, I've got a job, and it was around the time I started seeing someone. Now, I know I've mentioned previous boyfriends and I've given them pseudonyms or, you know, key people in my life who I've dated, and this is where I met Prince Harry. Now, not the Prince Harry. I'm not opening that can of worms up. The media's done so much. I'm not I'm not going with that. I that I that's none of my business. I have no opinion on the Prince Harry himself. I'm just saying for the purpose of this story, this boyfriend 
resembled more of Prince Harry. And it was a nickname somewhat given by a family member when they saw a picture of us. It was around the same time as Meghan and Harry got together. And then a joke was made about us saying, oh, we look like Meghan and Harry. And as I got the job, and this was around the same time as I was meeting Prince Harry, I I was happy, but it was a different kind of happy. It, I now learned that I was checking tick boxes, but back then it just seemed logical. You know, that's the next stage in life. That's what I had to do is just tick boxes, just fulfill a need. My, a lot of my friends are in relationships and they're happy and they've got jobs. So why aren't I doing that? It just made sense, you know, right, tick it off. This is what everyone else has done. This is what everybody else is doing. Why shouldn't I be doing this? And after a while, it's, it eats up and you buy into this notion of a house, partner, maybe a car, a pet, 2.5 kids, and that's it. Then your life is happy. Then you are happy. What could be wrong? What could go wrong? And while I was with Prince Harry, and this was in our early stages of our relationship, I know I cared for him. I, it's hard to reopen these emotions because I think looking back now, and it's easy for me to say this with hindsight and I could be wrong, I think I fell in love with the idea of him rather than he himself. It's, I was going through so many emotions and thoughts at that time that I didn't give myself time to think whether is this for me right now? Am I happy here? Am I okay commencing this relationship? Is it worth starting this relationship? And in a period of where we were starting to say goodbyes to everyone. People were moving home. There were friends who I may not ever see again. There were friends who I may not ever be with again. I Friends who are going in their own directions in life because university was such a unique time in my life. That almost weightless feeling like anything's possible. Those nights where you stay up till 3-4am bouncing ideas off each other or thinking about the future and discussing weightlessness of all your possibilities. It was freeing and to suddenly wave goodbye to it all it was scary and I mean my this is probably my own therapizing here but to kind of protect myself from it by me not acknowledging my graduate status and just viewing myself as unemployed it was a mixture of I'm if you're going to leave anyway I will shut you out before you even get a chance to leave followed by you know my own self-taught view of goal attaining so with all the goodbyes that were happening, you know, my loss of being a student, the loss of my friends, I needed some hellos. I needed someone, something to greet me. So a new job was a start. Fine. Then a new boyfriend. Great. And he did go on to become my first love, I think. He, well, I know he was my first love. He was different to Sebastian because Sebastian was merely my first boyfriend. And I think with Sebastian it was nice to just be wanted. I think I've stated that in previous episodes and if I haven't I'm stating it now. Sebastian, I no longer, and I've been like this for years, but I don't have any hate in my heart for him or any animosity towards him because in hindsight we had nothing in common. So I don't get angry at him for breaking up with me or termination of our relationship. And then with Mark Wright it was never going to work. I knew that from the offset. And then with dealing with Hugh Laurie, there were so many uphill battles that it just wasn't worth 
to continue p- to pursue. So when I met Prince Harry, it just seemed, it just made sense, you know? I would, by starting a new job, I would have an income to see him and to visit him, even if we were long distance for a majority of our relationship. It was a lot. And I'm angry at myself for not even celebrating how I should have. I celebrated milestones and not in the normal way of like, oh, it's your 18th birthday party or your 16th or your 21st or etc. I didn't take a time out to just sit back, not even in the Guinness factory, just to take five minutes and say, well done. Look at what you've achieved. All that hard work paid off. You did amazing things. And I'm not the only one who saw it. Bianca saw it too. I think your, you know, your journey was was one of building confidence because I think there was always talent there, but I think part of it was a questioning, um, and I think that that questioning of yourself and your abilities is good in one sense because you know you don't want to get to the point where you think, oh, I'm perfect at it. And I think particularly in the field of media, you're constantly improving, you're constantly working on the next thing, you're constantly thinking about refining it. But I do feel like part of the university experience is about instilling that confidence in students. And I do think that that with you, you know, what was great about your connection is you worked really hard. Um, you had a good, well, I felt, maybe you might not feel like, you had a good support system around you because I felt like your friendship group was really positive. Um, you know, obviously, Kyle was, was, was part of that. But I think there was also a broader, you know, set of students around you who... Um, who were there to to sort of work with you and and, and to do things. And I think that was really important. Um, And the other thing is that you were willing to to take on opportunities beyond the scope of the course. And that, for me, is always the kicker, right? So if you can go on the field trip, if you can take the work experience, if you can do the outside project – you should do it. And, and 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 I know it's easy for me to say that because, you know, people are going, oh, we're trying to focus on this. Actually, those experiences are enhancing everything about what you're learning in that particular. And, and you know, you did all of those things. You, you, you know, you were on the bus. You, <laughs> you, 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 you did the BBC stuff. You were involved. I'm sure you were involved with, oh, I'm trying to remember the radio station. Yeah, Radio Plus. Yeah, so you did all of those things. Um, and you did all of those things with a view to getting better and and uh, improving your skills, but also making those kinds of connections because that's where the networks form, right? Um, you know, you, you have the networks that's kind of central in terms of who's in the course with you and who your lecturers know, but then you also have, I've gone out and I've done placements here or I've gone to this field trip and I've met so-and-so. And I think you were really good at that. That that to me was, was an important thing because I always feel like, oh, when you did a year out, huge, huge, I mean, that that's that's a big, that's a brave thing to do. I mean, I always think it's the best thing because I think you grow so much in that experience. Um, but it's not easy, particularly when you're doing an international one because you're going to a country you don't necessarily know with people you don't necessarily know. And you're also now in some way out of step with your with your first cohort. So you come back and there's these different people who were in second year when you were, you know, or who were in first year when you were in second and you're having to form new connections with them. So I think that was also the other thing is you, you know, you took that leap and did that and went to France. So it was France, wasn't it? (laughs) Just remember, it's been a while. So 
to suddenly just panic again after spending so much time trying not to of just immediately falling back into the mindset of oh no I'm unemployed therefore I'm failure no I'm a graduate seeking an opportunity and I soon realized that my biggest and most hated thing to do in the world is set myself goals. Now a lot of you are thinking either Nico you've already mentioned this or you've not mentioned this and that makes no sense. How else do we achieve things? How else do we accomplish things? How else do we do things? And I'll explain to you listener again or you know for the first time one of the reasons why I hate setting myself goals is because it's dangerous. It's either you meet your goal and suddenly everything's perfect and you're good but then suddenly you think oh that's it or you don't meet your goal and suddenly you're a failure. I was immediately both those two things. I was no longer a student. I didn't view myself as a graduate even though that was what I wanted. That's why I did this four-year degree. To gain skills, to learn, to become a graduate, a scholar, you know, somebody who's learned, somebody who's learned. And yet I wasn't happy. So immediately I get a job and the job wasn't entirely great and I wasn't happy. And I get a boyfriend, Prince Harry, who for a time whisked me off my feet and I felt adored and loved and cherished. I'm not sure if I was happy. And I did this out of fear. All these things at once were out of fears of goodbyes that happened. I said goodbye to being a student. I said goodbye to a lot of my friends who now live further away or I never got to see again. I said goodbye to a life that I had enjoyed and adored for four years. And that's it. I entered the working world almost immediately. Now listeners, I think some of you are thinking like, okay, I'm not, I'm quite confused at what you're trying to tell me here. You worked, you achieved what you wanted, you're working almost immediately. It's really hard as a graduate to find a job or in any market or in the current situation, it's difficult. But listeners, I think the one thing I really wish I had done was just not give myself time to say thank you and to say goodbye. As you get older, as I've gotten older, and I say this in my 20s still, the older you get, everything just becomes an act of letting go and going with the flow. And while that's difficult, I think the hardest bit of it all is not giving yourself five or 10, 20 or even 30 minutes just to sit with what has happened and process. I didn't give myself much time or time that I needed to sit with the fact that I had finished what was probably the greatest achievement at that time of my life and it hurt and it was sad not to have done that. You cannot live on borrowed time because it will come back to get you. You cannot live on borrowed emotions because you will eventually have to feel whatever you were feeling. That is why grief has seven stages. That is why you have different levels of happiness. That is why you feel anger or frustration or joy or elation. You cannot borrow emotions and you cannot borrow time and at some point you will sit down and feel every single one of them. So what I'm trying to say as listeners with everything I wish I knew when it came to my goodbyes and my first love it was learning to say goodbye which is difficult. Difficult when you enjoy the lifestyle you had. It's frightening to grieve it out because you have to admit a loss of something and whenever one is in grief you just throw yourself into work and or you throw yourself into a distraction which is essentially what I did and then it became more so with Prince Harry 
of just, right, it, it's tick boxing time. I've achieved everything. I need this to be solved. So I sit here, listeners, telling you the hardest truth I think I learned throughout university, especially at the end, in that life is essentially learning to cope with letting go. With all the goodbyes of my friends and teachers and lecturers and people and all the hellos waiting to greet me while meet someone who was the first love of my life. I'm telling you all now, and we'll do it together, just take a minute and think about everyone who got you where you are today. Through every obstacle, through every shared memory, be it anger, joy, elation, euphoria, anxiety, through all the chaos and all the joy in the world. And take a minute now to thank every single one of them. To say thank you for all the lessons you taught me and continue to teach me. I sound quite spiritual this episode, I know I do. And I know this episode has come out late to you guys because there's a lot of emotions that I had to process when writing even the script in admitting that I never gave myself that time to grieve and to celebrate that end of being a student. And to change that mindset, don't be afraid to celebrate the little victories in life, whether it's getting up to make your bed in the morning or or just maybe you've done something great today, you've graduated or you've got your degree or you passed a course or something, you got a promotion, you got a new job. Sit with it for at least half half an hour and just say thank you and accept it and move on with any bad thing, any good thing, any anything in between. Because when I was in that Guinness factory, it still haunts me that I didn't celebrate, that I didn't take a moment to be proud of myself, to be pleased of something that I had achieved, that I had worked so hard for and to just sit there, just to stand there like, oh, okay, let's move on now because that's not life, that's not living. And that's not taking a moment to be in the moment. It was the beginning of my goal assertion. I've got the piece of paper, even though I love that piece of paper. It is now time for me to get a job. I get that job and I have a boyfriend. So right now, all I've got to do for the next, I don't know, however many years is maintain this all and get a house and get a Volvo because I have the partner, I have the job. And that can't be all that life is, I'm sorry. It's it's the adventures, it's the little things that really make a difference. It's feeling those emotions. I could have, I could have even cried pride in the Guinness factory and that would have been better than what I had done of just thinking, right, I'm unemployed. No, that's not how it should have been. And while I'm not perfect at it, at learning to celebrate myself, I'm getting better with it and that's a step in the right direction. So listeners, that's it. That is the end of series two. University was an interesting time and now I will give you some bonus episodes over the course of the next few weeks and then I'm moving on to series three. Now I'm still learning how, well relearning how to produce and to make things and I don't have the same equipment as I did at university. So for series three I want to make it really good. So I'm telling you all now I will be moving, I will be making my podcast monthly just because I want to actually give you the best possible story rather than racing through memories and I'm getting hopefully more guests but because these guests are incredibly busy working people and I that isn't to say that anyone who has been on this podcast isn't busy working I've worked in some somewhat interesting places with some somewhat interesting people therefore their time is a bit more it's difficult to pin them down is what I'm trying to say and I may have to travel to meet them therefore it takes more time to produce and more time to edit down their interviews and talk to them but don't worry you'll still hear some 
familiar voices and some new ones. Until then, I hope season two has been good for you guys. I will let you know when series three will come. And yes, there will be bonus episodes. But until then, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this journey. Thank you for listening to my journey. Thank you for listening to our journey. And I'll see you soon. But there will be regular social media updates. I'll try to be good with it and keep you guys posted but until then take care guys stay healthy have fun and remember to celebrate your little victories so take care see you soon bye